Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, Dylan is, what is he, disc golfing? He's doing disc some. Disc golf, golfing around. He, yeah, he, he's he's doing some like hipster, hipster nonsense right now. So I got to bring on the other hipster on the podcast. It's not as hipster. I give you, I give you a break, Jeremy. You are not, you have reached a status so you're not as hipster as Dylan. But you got a full arm sleeve. You got the hair that whips to the side. You're still, you're still you're on the hipster scale. <laughs> I, I drink beer, you know, all the <laughs> yeah. classic hipster things. I, I, no, you drink IPAs, all right? IPAs IPA is different than just IPAs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate IPAs, but Albie wants to land that narrative. Um, let me step on my, I've been holding, this has been on my chest for a while. Not just my oh, disdain for you. You're, you're going to go, you're going to go right into it? Not my disdain for you, Albie. That's, oh, that's, that's eternal. <laughs> No point about talking about it. I'm just going to push that down, bottle it up, and let my therapist deal with it later. No. So um, there was a moment in the game. Welcome to the podcast. We're talking about the basketball, <laughs> yeah, you, TCU you're basketball you're game. You're jumping right into it. Yeah, I didn't even get to introduce the game or nothing like that. You're hey, right you, get into this, it. you get this for free. <laughs> uh, there's a point in the game where Kevin McCuller takes a three, steps back, and then runs out to the court, crumples down like tissue. And upon when I saw it instantaneously, I thought, oh, God, non-contact injury, which is always the worst thing to see uh, from an athlete. And then we get the we get the replay. Oh, no. Kevin McCullough actually steps on Jamie Dixon's shoe and a tweak or whatever it was at the time. Uh, this was some kind of a freak injury. And, you know, we had the polarized the fan base instantaneously, which is always my favorite. Um should have been, should have not have been. But then it becomes a no big deal because we molly TCU, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Well, then the press release, the, the presser comes out, and the interview with Coach Dixon where he's, <laughs> where they ask him about this scenario, and 
this man, bald face, looks at the look, looks at the reporter and thinks. He's like, "When was it? Oh yeah, like he had to think about it. Oh yeah, that I hope is that kid all right? I hope he's all right. Well, you know, blah 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 blah." And then this like this wave of anger in me, Albie, came up because I realized this man is. Uh, uh, oh, so frustrating because for me, let me tell you, for me, and I know a lot of people will go one way or the other with this. For me, if you are at an athletic event and you sit court side, pitch side, field side, whatever, um, I think there is just kind of an unspoken awareness you need to have as a viewer, as a coach, as an athlete, that if you go and watch the replay, you know, everybody's watching the rebound as you do. Jamie Dixon actually takes, takes a step forward when McCullers backing up too far, of course. Um, but nobody does like Jamie Dixon, who I think had the better peripheral of this, makes no effort to kind of adjust his and he's in the box. You know, that's fine. But again, I think there is this there's this level of if you're at a sporting event, you're in this you're in this area that's just like, man, ankles like. This is very this is a very sensitive area. I don't even understand why they're so close to the court in the first place. But like for me, I think Jamie Dixon is actually in the wrong here for not being more aware where he is on the court or where he is within his like McCuller is obviously backing up. How do you miss that high like that tall of a dude coming back at you? Anyways, and this whole scenario has kind of played out and it's just made me very upset. And I don't I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, so I'll say this, bro. As we as we got in the car to do this part, that was the first thing Jeremy told me. Like, hey, I'm getting on a soapbox. I'm gonna talk about this because it's it's pissing me off. And I, hey, I get it, right? Like, so let's so to for a little introduction. So Texas Tech played TCU. Um, Tech won 82-69. And we'll get into that game a little bit, but kind of the big thing out of that game was the injury to Kevin McCullough, like like Jeremy described. And I will say this: where I will disagree with you is I do think it is a freak injury. I think it was, it was really just uh, McCullough was a little bit too too deep into the sideline. There was some conversations. Uh, um, Zach Richard brought up a good point as far as how close the bench is to the sideline, and that's maybe a flaw of the USA dynamic in general. Not just a, not just the, the benches, but also the fans and every like just how squished everything is near the court. And that and that I think is a is a viable argument there. Um, I don't necessarily blame Jamie Dixon. Like, I I think that it's just McCullough shot the shot came came a little, pretty deep also near the bench. And and Dixon, his foot was 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 pretty far back, right? But that being said, dude, that press conference made an already bad situation so much worse. But don't gaslight us. You know who Kevin McCullough is, right? <laughs> like you don't don't try to act like oh just oh what's what's I hope the kid's okay. You know exactly. You've been you've been studying Kevin McCullough for the last few days, getting ready for this game. You know who he is. You know exactly the play we're talking about. You know when a guy steps on your foot. You know all of these things. You knew what play the reporters were talking about. Don't try to act. It would have been so much better if Jamie Dixon comes to the court press conference and says, and, and he asks a question. Is like, yeah, no, it's a, an unfortunate situation. I feel really bad for him. I've already contacted Mark Adams. I, I'm going to contact Mark Adams and ask him and try to see the situation. I just feel awful about the situation. If he said all of that, it's, oh, man, you know what? It's just a freak injury. We move on. Instead, he has made an already, like, just troubling situation. Now there is question of what, what were you doing? You know, now, now these thoughts do come into Texas tech fans minds because Jamie Dixon, what, what did you say before the pot? He's as likable as what? I couldn't come <laughs> up with anything because almost <laughs> just, anything is more likable. Yeah. He's just, he's just not a likable guy. He's, he's truly, truly not a likable guy. So let's, let's hop into it. Like I said, Texas tech beat TCU 82 to 69. 
Um, but it was definitely a tale of two halves. Really not even a tale of two halves. It was a tale of the first 15 minutes and the rest of the game. Because the first 15 minutes, TCU is just dominating everywhere on tag. They have a double-digit lead. And it is just looking like the ghost of second half from Oklahoma past has reared its ugly head into this game. What were you thinking in the first half? I thought it was just a, a, a repeat. I mean, I had it on, so I was at work and I was listening to it on the background. Oh, TCU three. TCU three. TCU three. Oh, Micah Peavy. He makes his third three of the season. TCU three. <laughs> just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I thought they what they did is that they're like, I'm just going to watch the Oklahoma game. And we're going to do what Oklahoma did. And it was working. And that that scared me because for a moment it thought Oklahoma built a a unstoppable like kryptonite for Texas Tech. And now every other team for the rest of the schedule is going to do that. And it goes from, oh, we can come out of this with 20 plus wins at the end of the season, at the end of the regular season, to I'm actually kind of terrified that some of these teams are going to be are going to look like world beaters because they found that one kink in the armor. And so it ends up, you know, 40, 37. The fact that we were three points near like that the, the we were within three points was. Um, oh, it was amazing. A blessing. Yeah. Like well, we were getting so smacked. The, so Damian Ball makes a three with about 522 left to go in the first half. And TC was up 35 to 22. Right. TCU is is this is what at this point. If they replicated for the rest of the game, they they put up an 80 spot in regulation. It's the most points given up all year. Like and you're right. It was at, at one point, it, just, it truly did seem like they could not miss 35-22. And then Tech goes on a run, right? From that point on, from the rest of the first half, Tech goes on a, what is this, a 15-5 to five run, which is huge. It was absolutely huge. It takes a 13-point lead down to three. And, it, 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 and that Terrence Shannon dunk at the end of the first half Got the crowd back into it. Got the team back into it. And at that dunk, I'm like, oh, this game. Listen, this is going to be a completely <laughs> different game from here on out. And it did. I mean, we got to three at halftime. I talked about how being down three after that type of first half, you give up 40 points to TCU in one half, right? And but only be down three, it's, okay, we're a second-half team, unless we're playing Umoja Gibson. <laughs> we're a second-half team. We'll make the adjustments needed. And actually – down three at halftime, I wasn't that worried. I was like, you know, it's a blessing at this point because we should be down double digits. My policy for Texas Tech uh, is if we're within 10, we have a chance. Within 10? That's fair. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, uh, for the past seven years, there's been a lot of history of like Texas Tech having this 10 point deficit at the half or like this. We're within 10 points at the under eight and we come, we like make it a game or we win. And so for me, it's just like, I think at this point, I'm like, you know what, ten, especially with the Mark Adams and yeah. mean, this second half, especially since we're talking about it on the pod, absolutely true. Because if it's within 10, I mean, you can take 10 points off this game and it's still an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, no. And so the second half, that's exactly what it was. The second half, it was pure, utter domination from the Red Raiders, from the second the ball tipped off. I mean, we started the game, tied it up. Like, right from the beginning of the second half, tied it up immediately. It was like, hey, this losing stuff, we ain't going to go for this, right? Tied it up immediately. It was still a um, still a bit of a ball game going into the going into the second half, right? We took the lead, and it was – but it was like – I felt like it was 44-40 for a while. Um, until eventually we just go on a run. We just go on a run, and that four-point – uh, um, it was and let me pray. Let me look at it now. It was forty-eight to forty-four. It was about fifty. It was about sixteen minutes ago, and before you know it, it's seventy to fifty. <laughs> blink, <laughs> blink, 
and it was 70 to 50. And it was just, that was the type of run these guys were on. It was, ah, it was so fun to see. Well, you have a TCU team who's like, I think it was something like 60 or 70% from three in the first half. They've got just a few turnovers. What, I have no idea the switch that happens mentally at the half when Mark Adams is talking to you because like you said, I mean, we went on kind of a run at the end there and the momentum kind of changes when Shannon gets the points right before the half. But this was just, I mean, they come out with a whole different intensity. And again, credit to the crowd for sticking through it the whole time because like the players started feeding off it and producing more and then the crowd was producing more. TCU turned the ball over so much. So I will say this, the difference in the second half to me was the aggression, was the, so they started really attacking those three-point shooters in the second half. They're not, they're, they were like, it was kind of like, okay, Farabella, you're not going to get a clean shot off. Ball, you're not going to get a clean shot off. Uh, uh, O'Bannon, you're not going to get a clean shot off. And those guys that were making those shots in the first half, now there's a hand in their face the second they catch the ball. And that also caused turnovers, right? They 20 turnovers for the game, but I feel like you, like you were saying, for 50, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around 15 of them were in the second half. Like they were starting to be really aggressive on the guards, really aggressive on those on those shooters and, and TCU really struggled with that. Right. And so now even now, and I, and I saw a couple of times in the second half when O'Bannon had a clean shot, but you, you've been so used to having a, uh, a hand in your face. You gotta <laughs> jack that thing up as quick as you can, you know? And so that, so it just, we really, a TCU team that started the game very hot, started the game, really had a feel for the game, came out in the second half and it, w- it was different. The defense was different. Uh, the offense, I, in my opinion, didn't need to change in the first half. The offense was fine. Yeah. 37 points in the first half. You're, you're golden. You started, and like we talked about it, they had some momentum after they closed out the first half as well. And they just continued that momentum behind their leader, Terrence Shannon. But in the in the second half, it was really that aggression on ball defense, especially on, on the perimeter, that really helped them out. I thought TC did a really bad job of not going to the middle more. Right. I, once that happened, really, in my opinion, Lampkin and Miller should have really got more touches on the inside once they started are getting the shots. But TCU did something that I felt like Tech has done previously, which is they were always looking for that 10 point, 10 point basket. And in the second half, they kept trying to look for that 10 point basket and 10 point baskets don't exist instead of trying to chip away. And so um, this, this Tech won this game by 13. But if you watch that second half, it felt like they won the game by 30. They should have won the game. I mean, you know, all the late, the late points for TCU, uh, Texas Tech kind of like put the, you know, took the f- foot off the gas at the end because there was no need. There was no need. It was like, hey, let's just dribble the ball at the top of the key and just kind of waste some time right now because uh, we're just trying to get this thing over with. But I like that you brought up uh, Terrence Shannon because what a game um, in response to just kind of the negativity that's been surrounding his performance lately. I mean, coming out with 20 points, uh, you know, seven and nine from the field, two or three from three, you know, four or five from the from the charity stripe. This guy has... He is hitting, hopefully hitting his stride here at the perfect time in the season, especially with McCullough going down. And what we know is that no breakages, a high sprain, I would see coming back maybe in uh, a week. Maybe is it a high weeks. ankle sprain? I know it was an ankle sprain, but I wasn't yeah. sure. High ankle yeah. sprain? Okay. So the high ankle sprain. So uh, in the absence and some other sports people may think that that is the death of Texas Tech, you actually see <laughs> that's, that – Terrence Shannon, like we have this next man mentality. If you follow this basketball team for any period of time this year, um, there is a there is a mentality on this team that it seems like every game. Because remember, there was a stretch where we didn't we had neither Shannon or McCuller. And if you're just a general fan and you're looking at you like, oh, Texas Tech is trash. Well, this is where we beat Baylor. 
you know, this is where we beat Kansas. I think that there's like a certain respect that needs to be put on this team of being able to fight through that adversity, fight through the like. So Terrence Shannon Jr. has a great game. Adonis Arms, great game. Uh, Davion Warren, great game. Bryson Williams, welcome back. Great game. Oh, Bryce, I was, and that's what I was about to talk about was Bryson Williams. It, it, we, and we talked about in the preview pod how I thought this was going to be a big game for. But I also mentioned the preview pod that I thought he was going. I thought it was going to be tough because TCU yeah. does have good interior defense, um, and they have the the bodies to be able to handle them. But Bryce, it's funny every. I feel like every time on the pod I've said Bryson Williams may have a difficult time because they have big guys in the middle, Bryce, especially in conference. I should say in conference play, he said, "Oh, I hear you, Albie." I'm a ball out anyway. <laughs> and so it's worked. I mean, it's he he had a really other than Terrence Shannon, I would say he was the player of the game. Uh dropping 16 and 4. I mean, he had a he had a really good game uh in this one as well, as did Santos Silva. Yeah. Santos yeah. Silva also I thought played really well. <laughs> Santos Silva, I mean, we can we can, can we can just sing this guy's praises for the rest of the season because the and we've talked about it before, just kind of the athletic arc that he has brought to Texas Tech where he had monster seasons at uh, VCU, but then he comes to Tech and is kind of mitigated by the offensive style. You know, the aggression is just a wholly different level. And then with the departure of Beard, you know, he makes the choice to stick around, which I, I would, in my mind, it is a completely Adams decision because you've got this experience at Texas Tech where you're just not like, it's just not as good as you were hoping to. Sure, you're on like, you know, a rising brand, but at the same time, you're not getting the looks that you were getting at VCU. It's hard to make that choice to stay, but he stays. And this season has played tremendously different. I think the biggest thing Texas Tech fans can look at uh, Santos Silva and say, yes, is the the lack of the dribble under the basket, the power dribble <laughs> going, because that yeah. is gone, baby. And it has totally yeah, yeah. changed his game. His aggressiveness is gone. He's, he's, he's very, very, very decisive. Very decisive. Yeah. And he should be because the band is a monster. He is big and he should be playing big. And that is just such a... Such a boost for this team. And, you know, you see it all throughout the second half of this game for sure. Absolutely. So, like I said, Texas Tech beating TCU 82-69. Good home win. Still undefeated at home, baby. And uh, the best way to celebrate being undefeated at home is getting some swag from a home field apparel. Right? We're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to rock my uh, home field's shirt with the old school double T and the um, old school mass rider hopping on the Reckham, that Reckham red, great shirt. I recommend it. And if you're going to get a shirt like that or anything, any, anything else, Texas tech from home field apparel, make sure to use our promo code takes 12. That's T a K E S one, two. We do play the Texas Longhorns next week, uh, next Saturday. So, you know, we got to rock the red when get you're you on some red. Road. Yeah. Get you some red and get it from home field apparel. That's promo code takes 12 T A K E S one, two to get 15% off your first order. So after that, Jeremy, we are back and you know who we play before we go to Texas, before we go to Austin, you know, what's next? Another home game. Yes. This is probably the biggest threat to us being undefeated at home through the year. And that is the Baylor bears who look just as impressive at home in Waco, knocking off the team. We just talked about the Texas Longhorns. So, what is your first thoughts about Texas Tech? Ninth ranked Texas Tech might not be ninth ranked come come Monday, but ninth ranked Texas Tech going up against tenth ranked Baylor. This is gonna be this is gonna be a great game for a lot of reasons, obviously. Um, and this is the biggest threat to our home 
the undefeated home streak. But at the same time, I think Baylor's come under a stretch of injury and difficulty. And, of, and you know, they came into the Texas game with injury and difficulty, and they still <laughs> they still marked them. Uh, but they did lose a very big piece of their offensive game uh, in, that, in the Texas matchup. Um, but this is still an incredibly dangerous Baylor team, a well-coached Baylor team. A Baylor team is going to be looking to get us back for beating them in Waco. And, you know, the the allure of being the team, like quad one wins matter, quad one wins away matter even more. A quad one win at Texas Tech, who is undefeated at home, in what is becoming a very, like, people are becoming very aware to the level of advantage that it, playing it in Lubbock is, that's massive. And I know Scott Drew is honing in on that. I know the players want to get the, you know, go one and one here and not get swept by tech because they are also in the Big 12, very much in the Big 12 race. Um, this is a big game, a very big game. So I'm glad that the university is kind of leaning into that. It's going to be a wideout, baby. We're icing up the seats. Um, is it going to be I, a wideout? Have they announced that? I know that people were talking about it. Yeah, it, it, it was, I mean, as recording 15, 20 minutes ago, um, they, they, they announced, well, they sent a picture. And I mean, that's pretty much the best, you know, that's, I don't know that it's so cryptic with that BS, but uh, yeah, so it's gonna be a wide out. So everybody's getting excited again. I do not expect it to have the, you know, camp out before the game kind of thing, but the seats are going to be packed. This is going to be a very bussing like USA come Wednesday. And that's going to be a gr- another great environment for Texas Tech this season. I actually hope it is a camp out. I think there's a good chance it might be. Maybe not, maybe not for like three days like it was against Texas. But like maybe the night before, something like that. I actually do hope it is a it is a camp out game because it's a big game. This is a really big deal. This is, I think, right now. Last I checked, Joe Lenardi has we were we dropped down to the. I think some people had us as a four seed after the lost Oklahoma, but now I think we've with this last win. It was a good win against a TCU team that is going to be in the tournament. They're having one of the greatest seasons in their <laughs> school history, which is like the That's team awesome. is good. That's good for them. <laughs> the team is good. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, <laughs> it's a good team. It is a really good team. Um, but, you know, I think I, I, to big comparison, I think the tech team from two years ago from the, the 2020 team with uh, uh, Jemias Ramsey and this TCU team, very similar. And so to consider consider that team where we, all, we were all like, ah, <laughs> that team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> TCU. We suck. <laughs> but um, but anyways, uh, I think that'll put us back on the three on the three line. When here, we're back to where we were just a week ago, to where we were looking at the two line, right? And so I do think this game, I mean, this could be the battle for the two seed, right? I mean, this could be, a game where everybody looks back and says, all right, well, you know, we got a spot left on that two line. Who should it be, Texas Tech or Baylor? And this is the game they refer back to, especially if Tech sweeps Baylor. Tech sweeps Baylor. That is, you know, that that really tells you something right there. And the way uh, Oklahoma played Kansas. Considering, I mean, you know, if you got to think about seeding and like basketball logic, the the idea that there are good losses exists. And so when Oklahoma goes out and almost gets, sneaks one past Kansas, like in late here in February, uh, people are going to be looking at that for sure yeah. and saying, okay. I mean, know. Oklahoma's Oklahoma's actually creeped up. And we talked about it, that win against Tech, how big it was for them. They've crept up into Joel Lenardi's last four buys. They went from not even on the radar to They've now changed. on the bubble on the inside. So yep. that, that, that works. So let's talk a little bit about the Baylor Bears. Um, so I will say this. I was watching the game against Texas, and I have never been more scared of a point guard who went 4-11, 0-4, and yet still felt dominant. James Akinjo, like, James Akinjo in that game 
was like if you look at the box score, you're like, okay, I mean, he was he was okay. No, he like he truly controlled the game completely. A, a true point guard was absolutely incredible for them. Most of the points from Flagler came from Akinjo. I felt like most of the points for Flo Thamba came from Akinjo. Um, Akinjo was just fantastic, and it's going to be really interesting to see our on-ball defense versus a guy like him. Yeah, I mean, this is something if you're Mark Adams, I mean, we've made a habit of doing it all season, so I hope that that trend doesn't start uh, stop now. Finding the most effective player on the opposing team and then limiting that. I cannot remember... I should look it up now, but I cannot remember how Akinjo performed in the first matchup of the season at home. Um, but yeah, not good. Looking, yeah, not good, Bob. He did uh, not play not well good, at all Bob. last time he played. Yeah. So hopefully that's a repeat because in that Texas game, he is a massive facilitator and a defensive fiend against a quote-unquote hard-nosed Texas Longhorn basketball team. And so the fact that they, I mean, if nobody knows, if, if nobody knows the score, it's 80, it, it, Baylor went into, uh, Baylor went into that night, you know, some injuries, and they came out with an eighty to sixty three win over Texas. Uh, you know, had Chris Beard pushing his, pushing his uh, big effort guys all around the floor. And so the thing is that, like, <clears throat> this is again like Baylor and Tech are similar in a lot of ways, and one of them is like when players go down, other players come up. Uh, Scott Drew has, has made a very like has made a career on building like a roster, a complete roster, not just, you know, can I get the five guys and the one guy off the bench? It's like, no, if people are coming off the bench. I need them to be per, like I need them to perform. I need them to be effective as our starters um, and sometimes even more so when we're stagnating. And that's what's made Baylor so dangerous. For, I mean, that's what made Baylor so dangerous last year. And that's why they remain dangerous this year, even though they've dropped. Um, you know, four games on the season, people are still like, oh, this could be a Final Four team. Because very much like this is a Final Four team. Uh, they just have to, in the same way that we do, we do, if they just have to play, consi- like they have to be consistent in their play. And, and right now, that starts with a, like a Kinjo. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then one thing is, so LJ Cryer did not play in the last game against Texas. He was a game-time decision, didn't play. Uh, he'll most likely be a game-time decision again here against Tech. You know, that to me is it's it's big, right? Because I just talked about a Kenjo. LJ, LJ Cryer is their, their main bucket getter. He's the he's the leading scorer on the team right now. He he he's seen every time he touches the ball, it definitely does seem like an automatic bucket. He's another guy that didn't play well against tech last time he played. Like that on ball defense definitely affected them. But I, again, like you were talking about with the revenge factor, I feel like both Akinjo and Cryer are looking at the tech game like we know we did wrong. We want to we want to correct these wrongs. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see if he plays. Now, Flagler in the last game is the one to drop 20 against Texas. Um, and, and he's, it's, it's kind of those, th- all three of those guys that put up 13 a game, right? Cryer, or Kim Joe Flagler all put up 13 a game. We saw how the young buck Kendall Brown puts up double digits as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's just, this is a team full of guards. All these guards can shoot, right? And it's going to be, it's, it's, this is going to be the game that really tests us. I'm not going to lie. I was surprised that tech won last game against Baylor. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be interested to see any adjustments that were made on the Scott Drew side to, to, keep this from happening again and i think something we need to uh, another person we need to talk about he came off the bench uh again in that first in that first game he came off the bench um but this game <clears throat> playing against texas uh actually i don't remember the starting lineup so it doesn't matter uh jonathan <laughs> jonathan chachua which hopefully that's correct um goes out it, it playing texas goes out with a falls on his uh leg weird goes out with a knee injury and he's he is certainly done for this week, we will not see him. If we see him this Wednesday, 
I am convinced that this is just this season has been weird with, you know, Shannon does that. He's doing that. People all around the country are getting hurt and coming back instantaneously. What are you guys taking and how do I get some of that? <laughs> um, but Chachua being out is really big because Chachua has been their biggest boards guy all season. Even in the game, you know, he only got four points in that first matchup against us, but he had 10 rebounds. And those rebounds are going to matter, especially when we're at home. Something that Tech has struggled with is a lot of offensive rebounds. And if Chachua is not playing, it gives us a much better chance um, to, to, to kind of even up the odds there. Because the more rebounds the more rebounds we can get and the more second chance points we can get, the better chance we're going to have a, a playing against a Baylor team who's going to be looking to kind of take uh, – I wouldn't say abandon their game plan from last game because we you play you play that – 10 times it's it's a toss-up for who's winning that you know i'm i'm as equally surprised as you that we we got a win in waco um but like i don't think they'll abandon their game plan i think they're still gonna be looking for threes because they know our defense there's really no need to push the middle uh because they have shooters on their team um so it's just going to be this is going to be a you win if you are well coached this game is nothing to do with talent. It's going to have everything to do with two coaching masterminds battling it out, which makes this a really exciting matchup. Oh, absolutely! Like right, like I remember last year, Mark Adams said that uh, he respected Baylor but hated him because he does the no middle defense better than his team does. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> better than Tech does. And so this is going to be definitely like the Spider Man meme, right? Pointing at each other because there's going to be two teams that play very similarly. And one thing I've talked about previously, with previous Baylor iterations is that there have been a small team recently. Um, this is not this team, right? This team is, I mean, Matt Meyer is 6'9", uh, Kendall Brown is 6'8", Flo Famba is 6'10". All these guys are going to play. Tachua was another guy I think was like 6'10", 6'11". Now, he's not going to be in this game, but it's going to be interesting to see with Tachua not being the main rebounder, will it be Flo Thamba? Now, Flo Thamba hasn't been the best when it comes to rebounding. He's he's 6'10", full, he's, he's just a big body out there, right? He, how you how you 6'10", 250, not getting boards? And he doesn't really get boards, but he's a good offensive player. So it'll be interesting to see as far as like what would I mean Bacho is our is our arguably our best defensive post guy right how much minutes do Bacho get I actually think this is a game again I'm not gonna, I'm not going to feed into it this time Bryson Williams is going to ball out I I believe it Bryson Williams is actually going to ball out. I think it's a good good matchup for him to ball out especially if he brings Sultan out right bring yeah. Sultan out a little bit say hey come here big boy and catch this catch this uh, baseline bunny real quick right like this is. This is the type of game that I think Bryson Williams can really can really show out in. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look at it right now. Uh, last game they played. Now Bryson Williams didn't have the best percentage from the field, but he put up 13. Had 13 and five. Had a pretty decent game, and also held the bigs from the Baylor side to to uh, Chichua and Thamba combined for six points. Yeah, which not is not too shabby. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. So, Jeremy, who is the main person from Tech's side that needs to step up? I kind of told you my piece in Bryson Williams, but who's the main guy for you that needs to step up in order for Tech to win this game? Yeah, somebody else I'm interested in having a good game is just Kevin O'Banner. Because, again, this is a team that this style of play is kind of reminiscent for me uh, of the Gonzaga game in the tournament that they're going to be getting buckets. And you need somebody, <clears throat> you need somebody who can go on the tear and get buckets. We had Matt Mooney in that game. I think for this for this matchup, you've got to have somebody who can hit the three. And if O'Banner's feeling hot from beyond the arc, that's going to give us that much greater of a chance to stick with Baylor. And if not, keep you know, even if like keep a comfortable cushion that even if it's two points, you feel like that's not a detrimental two points. You know what I'm saying? 
So for me, Kevin O'Banner's got to show up in this game. And we've seen, speaking of, you know, Williams and O'Banner, we've seen these two ball out in big games all season. You know, these guys have really shown up when it matters and when it counts. Um, and when everybody's watching, I should say the Oklahoma game mattered for sure. Um, but when it, you know, when a lot of people are watching, O'Banner and Williams have shown out. And so you're at home, you know, you're going to be well rested. They're going to feed you well, uh, but you'll have the whole nation watching. And I think that O'Banner and Williams really spice it up when that comes to it. So I want to see O'Banner um, shoot many threes and make many threes. O'Banner had 13 <laughs> points last time we played. He was a big piece for that. And that'll be really important for us in this game. Um, then, I mean, obviously, obviously another one is TJ Shannon, right? If he continues the straight stretch that he just had, he has a similar game to last game. I don't see us losing this game, right? Like that is, if he has that type of game and he becomes that NBA first round pick, the type level player that we've been talking about all year, whoo, that's scary. Not just for Baylor, but for anybody that comes against tech. So Jeremy, it's time who you got and what's the score? Yeah, so last time we won 65 to 62, we were in Waco. Um, you had four guys, you had five guys go for double digits that game. Um, I don't think there will be five guys that go for double digits this game, but I do think that we'll have three go for double digits, but for like higher points. Um, I actually think that this will be a very similar 60s range because of the defensive, but I think that we will, I think Texas Tech will get the victory. Uh, I think that it'll be um, 64 Baylor and then like 66 Tech, you know, with Ter- Terrence Shannon going on a big tear, 25 points maybe. Lock it in. I love, I love how Jeremy is like, you know, 65, 62. Ah, I want, you know, I'm going to go very different in this one. 66, 64. <laughs> They're all numbers, Albie. You're going to bribe me for anything. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, way to really stick it to us. <laughs> Jeremy, take the same score, add a couple points here, points there, boom. <laughs> what are you about to do? Take the same score and take points away? Add more points? Tell me your uh-huh. prediction, Albie. I, I will tell you my prediction. So I'm not going to lie to you. I want to pick Baylor to win this game. I do. Because it's Baylor's coming off of a really important game. They're going to have the revenge factor. Scott Drew is an incredible coach. Um, and I would pick Baylor to win this game if Tech wasn't playing at home. Last pod. I said to Dylan that I don't think I will ever pick Tech to lose another home game again. And I'm going to stick with that. I, I just Tech right now at home, like we legitimately have one of the, if not the best home court advantage in the entire country. Um, and it's funny enough, I said, I think I said one of the same things about Baylor's home court advantage until we broke them. <laughs> so, Got <'em>. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, yeah, no, there's, I think the home court advantage, and I agree with you on, when it comes to the TCU game, I think the home crowd advantage really lifted Tech in that game, um, that the crowd was always in it. There's not a, the thing about this crowd is not a low period. There's really not a period where, like, if the team is struggling, or the crowd is like, oh, ooh, ah, and we're quiet. Like, the team, like, even when we were down 10, the crowd was still trying to will the team back into the game. And, and I think that same thing happens here, right? I'm going to actually go, uh, let's do 72-67. Oh, I see what you did there. You looked at the 65-62 where you just added some numbers here, and then you added a couple <laughs> numbers there. I got, into the, I got into the 70s. I got into the 70s, baby. Okay. Who's, your leading, who's your leading scorer? My, I, I'm going to go T. Or no, I'm going to go Bryson. I'm going to go Bryson. Bryson, leading scorer. I'm going to have him. Let, let's get him with 17. Uh, TJ with 15. Um, arms. I think Arms is going to have a double-digit game as well. I was gonna uh, say if we if they're only at seventeen and fifteen, you're gonna have a couple people, at least four or five in double digits. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I think the team, the offense has really come together lately. And though Baylor's defense is good, I'm not saying they're not good. Um, I think that inside-outside game with Bryson and TJ is really going to work well in this game. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going. But I do think, I will say this, the status of LJ Cryer is going to be big. We already know that most likely Chichu is not going to play for Baylor and most likely McCullough is not going to play for Tech. But Cryer, the status of Cryer is going to be very big. Um, and where, even if he plays, how much is he playing? Right? It was he at 100%, easy at a 50. That'll be very interesting to see in this game. But regardless, that's my prediction 72 67. Is there anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Not a single thing. <laughs> it doesn't come to mind. I'm so sorry. <laughs> not a single guy. Not a single thing. Y'all enjoy yourselves. Uh, kudos to everybody who took the Monday off after Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, smart. smart. You're very smart. I'm not one of those smart people. So for the people's chant, that is Jeremy Gillen. And for the, our producer extraordinaire behind the scenes, that is Dylan Smythe. This is Albie Shore. And you've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.